to the ExtraordinaryChurch.ca podcast, where ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. You are about to hear a message that will encourage you to become and experience all that Jesus Christ has for you. Are you ready? Open up your Bibles because something extraordinary is about to happen. But go ahead and get it out. Let's lift it up high in the air. We do this every week. We believe this. You can just repeat after me. Praise God. Some of y'all, y'all, y'all know this thing. Praise God. Anybody know what we're about to do? Praise God. Praise God. All right. Now, man, this is my Bible. It is the Word of God. I can do what it says I can do. I can be what it says I can be. I can have what it says I can have. Praise God. I believe that in Jesus' name. Let's open up our Bibles to the book of Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12. I'm going to be continuing this series, A Generous Life, uh, today and next week. I'm going to wrap it up next week. So uh, this is the second time in my pastorate here at Extraordinary Church that I have taught on generosity we're going to continue to do so today. We'll wrap it up next week. If you've not had a chance to get connected to the the messages, just watch them on the app. They will be a blessing to you and let you know where we've been and where we're headed. Genesis 12, 1, I'm reading out of the New Living. The Lord had said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous. And you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on the earth will be blessed through you. And by the help of the Holy Ghost today, I want to teach, preach for a little bit on generous people generous people. Would you help me pray? Father, we love you. We give you glory. We give you honor and praise. I pray that you would anoint these lips of clay to preach and to teach your word with relevancy and with accuracy. Anoint us to respond to your word. Let there be a supernatural empowerment. Confirm your word with uh, signs and wonders, God. I release the gift of faith. Open our understanding. This is the year of stretching, God. We believe and declare you're doing a stretching work in us, and we'll give you the glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I love uh, Genesis 12, as many of you all know, if you're familiar with the ministry that the Lord has given me. As a matter of fact, I, over the years, I have grown incredibly fond of the book of Genesis in particular. Uh, you can find a lot of answers in Genesis. Uh, but in particular, I want you to know that you and I have been blessed to give. I like this side over here. Praise God. You and I, we've been blessed to give. Praise God. I don't, Chandra over there is blessed to be a blessing. We have been blessed to give. Praise God. Whether you realize it or not, whether you know it or not, God has given you a resource to be a blessing to the body of Christ. God has put something in your hands and he's put something in your heart to be able to bless people all around you. I want you to understand if we're going to walk in the Abrahamic covenant, which I believe to be the will of God and made emphatically clear in scripture, we should be a blessing to those that come in contact with us. 
Every time, people should be encouraged to be around us. People should be excited to be around us because they know they're connected to someone who has the power, the favor, the mercy, the blessing of God on their life. And because of that, we give. You've heard me say this before, but I love what Lot, uh, I love what Abraham did with Lot because Abraham was blessed. And again, because Abraham was blessed, Lot was blessed. And their squads, their tribes grew so much, they were like, uh, you know, they began to bicker him. And he said, well, Lot, what do you want to do? Lot was like, well, why don't you let me just pick my choice? And Abraham was like, hey, you just pick what you want. And, and Lot, the Bible says, he looked, and he looked at the well-watered plains of Sodom. Sometimes you, you got to realize you can't use your natural eyes to make spiritual decisions. You can't make spiritual decisions with a carnal vision. And so so Lot just says, you know what, I'm going to take these well-watered plains. But you know why I didn't bother Abraham? Because Abraham already knew and understood what God told him. He said, my blessing is on your life, and wherever you look, it's yours. So he wasn't bent out of shape. This is why you don't have to be bent out of shape because you know the blessing of God is on your life. You might not have gotten that promotion, but the blessing of God is still on your life. You might not have gotten that home, but that blessing of God is still on your life. And so Abraham was a blessing to others. And I want to share a passage of scripture with you that once I get to the conclusion of it, um, many of you will know that you've heard this before. It's a quote from Jesus, actually. It's, it's, it's not in any of the Gospels. And if you don't know what the Gospels, the Gospel is simply the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And there are four particular accounts in the New Testament of the life of Jesus Christ, the life, the death, and the resurrection. That's why they're called the Gospels. They're, they're good news written by Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. However, This quote is not in any of them. It's actually found in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 20, verse 33. Watch this. I have never coveted anyone's silver or gold or fine clothes. You know that these hands of mine have worked to supply my own needs and even the needs of those who were with me. And I have been a constant example of how you can help those in need by working hard. You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. It is more blessed to give than to receive. It is more blessed to give than to receive. I'm going to say it one more time. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Why was Jesus' statement not in the Gospels? Well, I want you to look at a passage of Scripture. I'm going to share several passages of Scripture with you really quickly, so stick with me. I want, to, I want to show you Matthew 28 and 20. Matthew 28 and 20. I'm going to show you why this was not uh, in the Gospels. Look at this. Teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Look at uh, Mark 16 and 20 in the New King James. Watch this. I want, to, I want them to see it in the New King James. This is all New King James. So look at this. And they went out and preached everywhere, and the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Amen. Look at Luke 24, 53. 
and we were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Amen. Look at John 21, 25. And there are also many other things that Jesus did, which if they were written one by one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. Amen. Let me show you some, some, some letters that are not considered to be a part of the Gospels. Look at Romans. Look at Romans 16, 27. To God alone, wise, be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. 1 Corinthians 16, 23. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. My love be with you all in Christ Jesus. Amen. 2 Corinthians 13, 14. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Every letter in the New Testament concludes with the word amen, with the exception of one. Amen is generally used as an adverb of assent or confirmation. It's like, so let it be. However, let's consider the last verse of the book of Acts. Acts 28, verse 31. Preaching the kingdom of God and teaching the things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence, no one forbidding him. There is no amen there. <laughs> Do you know why the book of Acts is the only book in the New Testament that doesn't conclude with amen? In other words, the church is expected to continue to perform the acts that the apostles and early believers performed. I know that's no deep revelation, but I think it's the book of Acts because I think this is something that should be activated and we should be actively doing. In other words, we should be acting like givers. We should be actively giving. If we were to have this mindset, if we were to understand that we already have something to give, I just, let me just, this is a public service announcement. I don't need a prophetic word. I don't need a word of wisdom. I don't need a word of knowledge. We don't need tongues and interpretation. For me to know, I don't need discernment. I don't even need suspicion. Some of y'all got the gift of suspicion. That's not an accurate biblical gift, praise God. I, Everybody in this room has something to give right now. I don't care if you're 6, 10, 23, 35, 45, 65. You have something to give. The problem is most of us aren't reminded that we have something to give. And most people aren't aware that you have something to give right now in this local church. In the first message I preached in this uh, generous, uh, uh, generous Life series, uh, I shared a number of ways in which you can give. However, I'm going to focus on three today that I'm going to really begin to unpack and we'll probably land the plane next week. But I'm going to talk about your time, your talent, and your treasure. The first thing when I talk about your time, the question I want you to put in your spirit is, how do you spend your life? How do you spend a life? You might not realize it with time, but you're spending your life right now. You're spending it right now. 
And right now, I'm encouraging you in the way that you're spending it. You might be in this building or you're online watching right now. You're already giving one of those things because you're giving of your time. In most cases, I could be mistaken, but I don't believe the Canadian security intelligence dragged you into church today. You came here on your own volition. Nobody dragged you here. You're here because you want to be here. At least I hope so. I mean, most of you, now some of y'all don't look like you want to be here. But most of you drove through traffic and you had your breakfast, you had time for lunch, as a matter of fact. And it, you're here. So if you're here, you might as well give God everything that you have. I'm always bewildered at pe by people, I should say, not at people. I'm bewildered by people who come to church but look like they don't want to be here. I mean, like, I don't have a chair, but they be like this. We'll be worshiping, lifting up the King of Kings, the one who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light, and they be like, I'm like, why are they so tight? Somebody will share something good, and they be like, I'm like, hey, you are here. And if you're glad to be here, fix your face. Notify your face. You're in the house of God with the people of God. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Whether it's too loud or too quiet, I'm glad. Whether it's rainy or sunny, I'm glad. Whether it's hot or cold, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go. We're in the presence of God. We're in the house of God. What's crazy is, you know what? I don't know about y'all. I didn't grow up in church. So I'm like, Friday night back in the day was a big deal. They'd be like, man, what you doing Friday night? I'd be like, what, what am I doing? Now, I'm not young anymore, but I'm like, you know, we about to turn up. Friday night, they're like, what you getting into, man? I'm getting in. When I got the Holy Ghost, and I was like, yo, Jesus is real. Nobody had to beg me. I was glad. Don't think for one single solitary moment. I used to get hype over things in the world. Do you think I'm going to give my God less energy? Less devotion, less enthusiasm. The devil is a liar. I'm glad he called me out of my mess and confusion. I was glad when they said, let's go into the house of the Lord. I'll come with a smile. I'll come with my hands lifted. I'll come with a dance in my shoes. I will come to magnify the Lord. I was glad. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. You got you, you to gotta just make a simple choice. You got, I don't, Sarah and I, when we, I, I thought about this, like we go out to eat once a week for sure. And that's kind of like typically we'll go out to eat with some of you all after church on Sunday. So we'll go out to eat. But there have been times where we go out to eat and the families, we're chilling and we're doing our thing. Her food won't be right.
she won't say nothing. I'm like, you want me to say something? Because she know I'll say something. She's like, oh, God, they go, Ernest Thompson, that's my dad. She like, there he go, Ernest Thompson, here he come. But I'm like, yo, I'm here. I'm paying for this. I have a certain expectation. I want to make sure that we get our, I'm going to bless the, I'm going to bless the server no matter what. But I'm like, I want this thing to be right. And if it ain't right, I'm like, yo, you, y'all got to get this right. Y'all got to fix this. Where she's like, no, 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 no. I don't, I don't want to worry about it. And like, she just sit there and leave the food sitting right there. I'm like, you just going, you, you just not even going to eat it. You're just going to leave it right there. And that's fine. I'm not picking on her, but I'm just saying like, yo, you're here. Like, I hate to say this, like, if you don't want to be here, why are you here? But if you're here and you're glad to be here, why don't you let the Lord know it? Why don't you let everybody else know that you're glad to be here? I'm glad to be an extraordinary church, the perfect church for imperfect people. I'm glad when God is moving in people's lives. I was glad. I'm glad, I'm glad, I'm glad, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm glad when people come to church. Matter of fact, I like it when people come to church. I know JP, I didn't ask him to film this, but I just want to, I like it when people come to church. All kinds of people. He had to back up because, like, the head was real big. He was like this. <laughs> Let me back. I like it when people come to church. Doesn't make me what color you are, what ethnicity you are, what your background is, what your faith tradition is. I want you in the house of God. You can come with a tie on. You can come with tennis shoes on. You can come with a cup of coffee in your hands. You can come with a bottle of water in your hands. You can come with a praise in your hand. But whatever you do, I want you to come. I want you to come. I want you to come. So, this is what's interesting, because I believe the call of God has gone out. Matter of fact, he told me, he said, I've issued a call. I told him, when he, when he gave me the vision, when I came, he said, I've issued a call. And Matthew 4, 18 was the impetus of this clarification. Many of you all know this story, so I'm not going to unpack it. But let's take you to Matthew 4, uh, 4 18. I want you to see this. One day, as Jesus is walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, also Matthew, called Peter and Andrew, throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. So he called them while they were working. Jesus called them out. Come follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. A little farther up the shore. He saw two other brothers, James and John, sitting in a boat with their father, Zebedee, repairing their nets. He called them, too, to come. They immediately followed him, leaving the boat, and who? Where? No two-week notice. No, dad, I quit. None of that. Okay, let me help you better understand. Some of y'all having to go back to the office right now. 
because y'all not able to work from home. So all the extroverts are really happy about that, going back to the office. All the introverts were living their best life working from home. Praise God. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. I'm an introvert too, praise God. And so the extroverts live in their best life because they're like, we got to go back in the office too. They're like, can we come back every day? And all the introverts are like, oh, God. But imagine Jesus showing up in your cubicle tomorrow or your corner office. Some of y'all ain't got cubicles. Some of y'all got corner offices, praise God. If you don't, let it be in Jesus' name. He come to your corner office and is like, follow me. You take your laptop, close your laptop, and you walk right out the door. You don't give a two-week notice. You don't quit. People are probably looking at you like, what? This is the context in which this unfolds. So they begin to follow after him. Now, what I want you to understand is this. This is crazy because they just left and started spending all of their time with him. For three and a half years, they had exclusivity to Jesus. They didn't meet with him once a week in the synagogue. They didn't get together with him for mentorship during lunch. Or manly men pray Mondays. Praise God, it's a shout out. Come on and join that e-group for a little bit in the morning. No, 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 no. They were with him every single day. They gave their time to Jesus. And by giving their time to Jesus, they began to better understand and know him. So my question is to us, how much time do we give to him? I want you to think about your time as an offering. How much of your time do you offer up to God? How much time does God get from you? Do you even see your time as an offering? I'm telling you, we have three ways to give, and this one is incredibly important because where you spend your time shapes your mind. What I'm here to tell you is with whom you spend your time, your destiny is being shaped. With whom you spend your time, your destiny is being shaped. Let me just tell you right now, I'm not throwing shade at anybody or at all, but I don't do a lot of following of other churches or really even other ministries. I don't know what people are doing. I told my wife, I'm not, I'm not interested in that. I want my eyes to be fixed and focused on Jesus Christ and him alone. I have a few people in my life that I'm remarkably close to, and I believe in their life I see the fruit of a relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm not talking about speech. I'm not talking about rhetoric. I see miracles, signs, and wonders following them in their ministry. I don't want to hang around people who talk the talk but don't walk the walk. Let me help you right now. This is your second public service announcement in this message. You can love Jesus but not follow him. Just because somebody loves the Lord doesn't mean they know him. Doesn't mean that they're taking up their cross and denying themselves. You have a right, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, not to judge, but you have a responsibility. Hear me, I'm trying to help you. You have a responsibility to inspect. 
That's what Jesus was talking about. And when you inspect, if you don't see the fruit that they proclaim, you know what you do? You back on up and let them walk on by. You let them walk. You, you, you got to do that if you're not careful. Why? Because the people you hang with will determine your destiny. And just ask yourself, do I want to spend my life, my time, that I don't know how much I have? The, the, the Psalm of Moses says, give me a heart of wisdom that I may know my days. In other words, I don't want to run out of days before I run out of purpose. So he says, hey, you know what? I got to be careful. You got to be careful who you hang with. Who are you spending your time with? And I, I'm, I know you're like, oh, pastor, that's so spiritual. I can't, I can't have some downtime. I can't wild out. I can't do this. And that. All I'm saying is, hey, do they make you more like Jesus? You got to ask yourself this. So how are you spending your time? Are you spending it in devotion? Are you spending it? Even when we talk, are you, are you revisiting maybe some of the scriptures we share in the messages? Are you, are you opening up the word? Are you a student of the word? Or, or is this it only on Sunday? And I'm not here to beat anybody up. I'm not here to tell you you got to spend 23 out of 24 hours with Jesus. But what I am telling you is you need to have something in your schedule. Have a little talk with Jesus. Tell him all about Thing Deborah Lee, all I'm trying to say, for example, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. No, but seriously, we need to have a little talk with Jesus. It will right size your day. You will see things appropriately, but you got to get in His presence first. So, if you don't know, I'm, I'm just gonna bless you. If you don't know when and where you're going to pray tomorrow, you won't. If you don't know when and where you're going to pray, you're not going to. Listen. Most, you, you, you don't, you just don't people, you don't, you don't fall in and out of love with Jesus. You don't fall in and out of love with your spouse. You choose. You and I have to choose on a daily basis. Can somebody say amen? Okay. So, here's what I want you to understand. It don't got to be 23 hours. It might be five minutes. It could be 15 minutes. It doesn't take a lot of time to have your mind changed. It just takes quality, intentional time. And so if you're so busy that you don't have time to give, and I can guarantee you, again, the third public service announcement of this message, without a tongue and interpretation, without discernment, without suspicion, without an unction of prophecy, without a word of knowledge, if you don't have any time to give, you are too busy doing the things you are not supposed to be doing. It's that simple. If you don't have time to at least come to church on a weekly basis, you're too busy. You're doing something wrong. If you don't have time to get involved in an e-group and serve, I love you. I'm just telling you, you're doing something wrong. If you have no time to give and you're doing something you're not supposed to be doing, you have to take inventory. Let me just tell you this too. Let me just help you because my pastor gets me all the time. 
I do have a pastor, praise God. Shout out Doug White. I love you, Bishop. Your pastor isn't doing their job if they don't say something from the book that doesn't rub you the wrong way. If every time your pastor's teaching and preaching, and they don't do nothing but make you feel like you want to do the Holy Ghost backstroke, and everything, you just off in the third heaven, you met a man that you did not know, and everything was just flowery, everything is just, something ain't right. There is no way you can tell me you can read this book and let this book read you and everything in it sit well with you. You are not that spiritual. We could just talk about if you ever had an enemy and he's telling you to love your enemy. I'm telling you, you got to ask yourself, the tough questions, you got to let the Word of God read you some tough questions so that you can grow in your walk with God. So, we got to ask ourselves, if, if you have no time for your spouse, you got no time for your kids, you got no time for church and doing life with people at Extraordinary Church, you're probably doing something you shouldn't be doing. This is it. I get it. I work a lot, but if we are always on our grind, always getting that hustle going, always making things happen, can I tell you, you will wear yourself plumb out. Let me tell you what the church does if we're not careful. People as a whole, we like to talk about, man, I'm just, I'm busy. Matter of fact, people ask you how you're doing. You're like, oh, you know, I'm just, I'm on my grind. I'm busy. I'm just making things happen. Like that's a badge of honor. I talked about it at the beginning of the year, the rhythm of rest. You and I need to understand that he is, a, he said, come on, come unto me, all ye who labor. You're weary. He himself rested. He's trying to show us the importance of it. Why in the world do we think we're the exception? Let me just bless you right now. It's okay to take a nap. If you don't take one, he will make you lie down. So, you got five jobs, praise God. I ain't mad at you. Maybe think about having four. Take inventory of your time because everything that you do is not good for you. Take inventory of your time. Let me hurry up and get to the next thing. You know what? The next thing I want to talk about is we talked about your time. I want you to give your talent. I want you to give your, your talent, your talent. We have some extraordinarily talented people at EC. And here's what I want you to understand. And if you would combine your time with your talent, Extraordinary Church would be super dope. Sounded better when I said it, Sarah. But I appreciate that. I appreciate Sarah's like, super dope. It will be better than what it even is. Now, just by combining a little time and talent to be a blessing, I'm telling you, this is what God has called us to do. And this is how we can start in community when we begin to share our time and our talent in the kingdom of God. Now, let me just help you all out. I, I was telling somebody this. 
Friday night. We had an amazing worship experience with our young adults. God blew it up. Praise God. A powerful time. And I was talking with a few people at this table about this. I want you to see this. Look at, uh, watch this. You all are really familiar with this story, David and Goliath, okay? So check out the story of David, uh, 1 Samuel 17, 32. Don't worry about this Philistine, David told Saul. I'll go fight him. Now, let me share with you how David seized this opportunity. Because what we don't realize is we often forget how this unfolded. One day, just like any other day, 1 Samuel 17, 17, watch this. Look, look at it, look at it. It says, one day, just like any other day, every normal day, Jesse said to David, take this basket of roasted grain and these 10 loaves of bread, carry them quickly to your brothers and give these 10 cuts of cheese to their captain. See how your brothers are getting along and bring back a report on how they're doing. David's brothers were with Saul and the Israelite army at the Valley of Elah fighting against the Philistines. So David left the sheep with another shepherd and set out early the next morning with the gifts as Jesse had directed him. He arrived at the camp just as the Israelite army was leaving for the battlefield with shouts and battle cries. David, hear me, didn't just have the talent to kill people. He had the talent to serve. This is really important. This is what got David his date with destiny. David being an Uber Eats driver was a setup for something bigger. What David thought was an ordinary routine, hear me, an ordinary task, David said, I'm going to do what my daddy tells me to do. Now, David could have been like, hold up, pops. Don't, don't see me. I still got oil running down my hair from the prophet anointing me to be king. Don't see me with that. You, you overlooked me. But God, he, he, he wasn't like, he, he was like, you must have forgot. I'm, I'm Saul's worship pastor. He didn't, he, he didn't say, he, didn't, he wasn't like, oh, well, you know what? I, I, the Lord is, I've been killing bears and lions, and you want me to go do what? You want me to carry some bread and some cheese? You're telling me to do something? But you know what David did? Did it gladly as he was instructed. What you don't realize is you could be missing out your greatest opportunity through what you consider to be mundane and routine. If we would only learn to operate and master the mundane and the routine and not get so worried about the glitz and the glamour and slaying Goliath, but get in rhythm with our season and our reason, our Uber Eats will take us somewhere. Who would have known Uber Eats could do all of that? But it changed his life. Now, I, I want you to understand something. I, I, I could teach this and unpack this. I got, I'm looking at I'm, I'm only halfway through this thing. Help me, Holy Ghost. But what I want you to understand is 
I've had the privilege. The Lord has blessed me. I've been in pastoral ministry 20, I, I've been, so 23 years. Shortly after I received the Holy Ghost, the Lord told me I was going to be in ministry. I ran from that. And then later he called me to, he's like, you're going to be a pastor too. And I was like, okay. So I, shortly thereafter, I became the youth pastor. Not that long. Uh, so for a lot of times I've been, for most probably 95%, if not more, of my walk with Christ, I have been in pastoral ministry of some sort. But it did not start there. And let me just say, this is not the, the acme of one's Christian experience. I've been blessed. I've preached all over in several continents. I've preached to thousands on multiple occasions. One time, I don't know, 30, 34,000 people. I'm not here bragging about that. What I'm saying is it didn't start like that. How it started was my pastor was like, hey, I want you to go do so-and-so. And you know what? I did it gladly. I did it unto the Lord. I wasn't like, oh, my God, he want me to go pick up Willie White. And Willie is a sweet guy. But Willie... I ain't joking. Willie was like, he, he, you know, he's a sweet guy. I don't know how he found out about the church, and, but he found out about the church. And my pastor, I always called him Bishop. He was like, hey, I want you to go pick this guy up. And I was like, okay. I picked up Willie. Willie sat in my car, and I was like, I was like, oh, snap. I'm not joking, y'all. I had the windows down. I was catching my breath. I was like, Whew. I got so ready for Willie that, that I don't know if they still make these, but they had like car deodorizers that you could get like in a bottle like this. And before and after my man Willie would come, I'd be like, but you know what? I did it gladly. Gladly. I might have gladly deodorized my car, but I was doing it gladly nonetheless didn't bother me at all. And I remember one time I thought about this guy. I forgot about that time I was driving because I'd be driving to get the airflow. You know, the windows are down, so I'd be speeding. I'd be speeding. And one day I got a ticket. And Willie, he was a little mentally challenged. He just thought it was so funny I got a ticket. He was like, <laughs> And I was like, it was almost kind of like, oh, you're going to catch all this right now, you know. Because <laughs> I was like, officer, please, please help. No, I'm just kidding. But I did it unto the Lord. I did it unto the Lord. You know, it made me think about that time. This is why it made me think. Did I tell you about the time uh, this woman, she was so sweet. Her name was Joyce. But Joyce, um, not that Joyce. I said she was sweet. No, she knows I love her. I love her so much. <laughs> now, this was not Joyce. So, look. I told, y'all know how I do when I preach. When I'm not preaching, man, I love to preach. I just be like this. I'm like, preach. And so, especially when I was young, I'd be like right here. I'm like, preach, preach, preach. I'm hitting it. He's like, man, I'm trying to preach. Joyce was, she was somebody too that she, she had a few challenges uh, mentally. And, you know, we just was picking up people. Willie was, she was Willie's girlfriend. And so, Willie was having revival. You know, he was just, so we'd pick them all up and bring them in and boom. And I'd pick them up. And uh, I was getting with the preaching one day. And, um, you know, just doing what I normally do. And I'll never forget this. I felt like somebody just like this, just boop. 
And I, was, I didn't even want to look. I, was like, I felt so violated. I was like, what is happening right now? I was like, oh, God. I was, that was not the brush of angel's wings. I turned around, and Joyce was like this. But you know what? That was unto the Lord, too, I guess. No, I'm just kidding. Just made me think, I don't know, that was just a little diatribe, but just my memories rolling back. But what I'm, what I'm trying to get you to understand is before any of these other things happened, I learned to serve. You name it, I did it. Everything except women's ministry. Then I remember pastor was like, hey, you're going to be a youth pastor. We started with four young people, Michael, C.A., Robert, and Karen. And by the grace of God, I did that with everything that I had. Put them in the bottom of our basement in our townhouse because I was still living with my mama at the time. And I remember I gave them everything that I had. God blessed that youth ministry. We grew to over 100 young people. I'm t- but it started, you got to be faithful where you are. Your ministry starts where you are. Your ministry looks a lot like your opportunities. Don't despise your small beginnings. Don't get the cart before the horse. I know you love Do you love to serve? See, here's what I want you to understand. See, before David was ever anointed to kill Goliath, see, this is when the Lord helped me. I was like, Lord, help me to preach, anoint me to when I preach your word. And the Lord was like, son, don't pray that. Live an anointed life. Not an anointed task. David was already anointed. My question is, are you, are you anointed to clean the toilet bowl? You don't get anointing just when you get a bit of preacher, you get a microphone in your hand. You have an anointed life. That's why David said, you can have everything else, but don't take your anointing away from me. I want an anointed life. Not, not an anointed task. David had an anointed life. This should be our prayer. So, oh, I wish I could unpack this more. I don't have time. Time is just getting away from me. So, what I'm telling you is, don't get offended. Serve where you are. I'm not mad at anybody, but people trip me out when they give themselves titles. When they... People get upset, you know, I know I'm probably upset some traditional folks, and I don't, you know, I, let me give you, I have nothing wrong with tradition. I do think we can we have to be careful when we become traditional. But I don't run around in the community like, hey, my name is Pastor Akil. My name is Akil. My parents did not name me Pastor coming out the womb. Akil. Just like, you know, your first name is not Sister. It's, bro- it's not brother. It's Louisa. It's quiet in here. Praise God. He, he, he said, let me give you some Bible for it. He didn't say, I'll make your position great. I'll make your name great. But you don't got to come around and introduce yourself. Hey, I'm prophetess so-and-so. Really, fam? Is this what we're doing right now? You apostle so-and-so? You in the storefront church you got with six people in it, you an apostle? 
Come on, fam. What are we doing right now? It's not about titles. It's not about positions. We're not here to compete with one another. We're here to complete one another and serve in the function God has called us to serve. Can somebody say amen? So I'm not saying you ain't called to sing. All I'm saying is don't come and kick the door down talking about something. All I'm not, all I'm going to do is sing. Well, I was thinking maybe you could be anointed to help set up first. Maybe you might like to help us. We got some amazing kids down there that are going to be world changers. I thought maybe you might want to spend some time down there and uh, you maybe want to help us reach people in the community. You're anointed to do all those things. And, And how about this? If we just tell you that, don't receive that like, oh, God, they're sitting on my gift. Maybe that's your Uber Eats. All right, let me hurry up. I'm supposed to be teaching today, and it's already 425. Romans 12, 3 through 8. Look at this. I'm I'm almost done. I'm halfway through. No, I really am almost done. Romans 12, 3. I'm going to make myself be almost done. Romans 12, 3 and 8. Look at this. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function. See, you have a special function. So it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body. When heaven looks down here, fam, heaven doesn't see. Every end sees the body of Christ. So many, many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Some of you are like, I ain't got no gifts. You can be kind to people. That's a gift. Y'all think we just came up with extraordinary kindness? No. We want you to practice strategic acts of kindness. We want you to be kind, and we could use a whole lot more kind people in this place. I don't mean EC. I mean the the world. I believe we got kind, loving people. Praise God. So let me, the the last thing. I talked about your time. Talked about your talent. There you go. Pastor Barry is already with it. Treasure. So let me just tell you right now, we're talking about money. Everything that you give, now I taught you and I taught you and don't sleep on tithing, that you returning the tithe. You cannot give the tithe because it never belonged to you in the first place. So you return the tithe. Anything that you give above the tithe is an offering. If somebody telling you they, they tithe 20%, that's a lie. They tithe 10%. And they give 10%. Okay? They're not tithing 20%. (laughs) Luke 12, 31. Watch this. 
Seek the kingdom of God above all else, and he will give you everything you need. So don't be afraid, little flock. Praise God. For it gives your father great happiness to give you the kingdom. Gives him great happiness to give us the kingdom. Watch this. Sell your possessions and give to those in need. This will store up treasure for you in heaven. And the persons of heaven never get old or develop holes. Your treasure will be safe. No thief can steal it and no moth can destroy it. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. So let me tell you, wherever your money is, there the desires of your heart will also follow. Now, if you're not sure where your treasure is, simply take a look at your bank statement. Pull up the app. Who you bank with? We got banker relationships all over. I'm from the state, so let me pull up Barclays. Look, you know what? Barclays will tell me a lot about where my treasure is. Let me see here. Uber Eats, Uber Eats, skip the dish. No, I'm just kidding. We hit skip the dishes every once in a while. Praise God. They'd be skipping right to my house. So, but it reveals to you where your treasure is. Where's your treasure? We could look right now. I could tell you everything I need to know. If you let me just spend, if you let me look at your calendar for the last two months and your bake statements for the last two months, I can tell you all that I need to know about where your treasure is. This is not me beating you up. This is not me telling you. First of all, let me just say this. Let me just push pause because after I taught uh, on tithing, if you have begun to practice biblical tithing, returning the tithe to the Lord, I want to shout you out and give God praise. Because some of y'all are like, oh my God, I, I, I just started tithing and now you're talking about some giving? Y'all like, <laughs> listen. <laughs> some of y'all are like, Man, that, that tithe is 10%. I, calm, calm down. I didn't say that you had to, I, I know people that do like tithe plus five, tithe. Look, I'm telling you that whatever you give above the tithe is an offering. Whether that's a dollar, whether that's $15, whether that's $5 million, I celebrate that. And I want you to know you are a giver in that regard. Do it cheerfully unto the Lord. So I'm not here to put a particular amount behind anything. So I celebrate that if you're practicing tithing, I want you to know also, not only do I applaud you, I want you to get ready. I'm not T.D. Jakes, but I feel like get ready, get ready, get ready, because the blessings of God are going to be poured out upon your life. That ain't me. That's the Bible. But what I want you to do, let's all stand. I got more notes than I have time. It's 431. Have our musicians come. Wherever your money is, there is your heart also. You want to know where your heart is facing? Open up your bank app. You want to know what's important to you? Look at your calendar. I'm not telling you, you all know, I'm not that guy. I want you to go on vacation. I want you to go to the UK. I want you to enjoy yourself. 
I want you to go to Aruba. Praise I want you to go all these places. I want you to take more than one vacation a year. I want you to take two. If you can do three, praise God. Thank you, Jordan. Walk in it in Jesus' name. But make the house of God a priority. I know this is basic, but you know how we're going to turn this world upside down? Can I just tell you all in love and everybody that's watching too, like be here in person when you can. We got it online. Shout out y'all watching live online, like in real time. Thank you so very much. It means a great deal. But don't put forth the effort to be here. And when you can't watch live, it's, it's something, if something happens when you watch live, you're making it a priority. You're making it a priority. And let me just help you right now. Your kids will be blessed. Hear me. You got to bring them to the house of God, fam. Bring them. They're going to have an amazing time. And no matter what demographic they are in, if they're E-kids, preteens, young teenagers, young adults, I'm 46 years old and I was running away from people who were throwing snowballs at me yesterday. And they cheated. These kids came in hazmat suits. There are rules, unspoken rules. But I got it next time. I'm spelling it all out. But we got all types of crazy things, great things happening that will help your young people, help your children. Get them here, your family here. And folks, I'm telling you this quickly. I'm 46. Y'all could look shocked. It's okay. Y'all was looking like, we know. You, you, you look 46. 46 has come quick, Alvin. Joyce, yeah, 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 I feel. I told y'all she won't sweep. No, she, didn't, she wasn't teasing me. But you know what? 75 comes quick. There's a great book called Halftime. And I don't know where I'm at in that process. Only he knows. I've asked him for 106 years. Should he tarry? But I could be on halftime. I might not be. But I know this much. Things that were important to me, 15, 25, 35 your mortality brings a lot of clarity you see what's important only what we do for Christ will last and if we're going to reach this region and you know what the reality of it is I don't know what God's going to do we're believing him for great and glorious things 36 campuses hopefully we'll see all that in our lifetime we may not but I know when we give. It's not for me to drive around in my 2014 Honda Accord like No, it's so that we can help ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. So I don't know where you are. I'm not here to beat you up. 
whether it be your time, your talent, and your treasure. But I hope that the Holy Spirit is dealing with you. This altar call is going to look a lot different because it's not the typical one. This series has looked a lot different because I'm not preaching and things, I ain't got no hair to fly back in the wind, but I'm not screaming at the top of my lungs. But I do believe God is dealing with some of us. You know what I believe he's doing, Pastor Barry? I believe he's growing us. I believe he's stretching us. And he's getting us into alignment with his kingdom so that when we say your kingdom come, your will be done. There's nothing hindering that in the name of Jesus. I bless everybody that's watching online. God bless you. Come back and see us next week. We're going to have an amazing time in Jesus. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Join us next week for another message of hope and life in Jesus. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address to all of your friends, extraordinarychurch.ca. We are a young church plant with a lot of people living an extraordinary life in Jesus. If you're looking for a way to become better connected to what God is doing, email us, info at extraordinarychurch.ca. We'd love to hear from you.